This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone. Welcome to Dial Radio. This is me Sankhya and today I'm going to host you through the interview. Cancer, the word itself gives away chills down the spine, something that nobody would even wish for their worst enemy. According to WHO, cancer is one of the leading causes of death worldwide and it is estimated that one in six deaths globally is due to cancer. Cancer without an option is of course physically painful, but there is an option if you want to put an end to the mental pain and that is by choosing an understanding community. So a community that provides services, support, strength and above all a safe environment to individuals with shared experiences or similar challenges is something that you need. And if there is any organization that provides all of that, it should be Bay Area Cancer Connections, BACC in short. So BACC is a non-profit organization which offers a wide range of support groups, financial assistance, educational workshops, resource library and many more services to those affected by cancer and even to their caregivers. So an organization with such a huge responsibility must be under a dynamic leadership right to function the way it is functioning now. So let me introduce you to Rena Bello, executive director of Bay Area Cancer Connections. She is a dynamic leader and a compassionate change maker who has dedicated her career to supporting cancer patients and their families for over two decades. Rena's unwavering commitment to the organization's mission has enabled BACC its reach and impact. And I really hope with today's interview with Tile Radio helps BACC reach much more farther places where it is deserved to be known. So without a further ado let me welcome Rena Bello to take us through the journey of BACC. Welcome Rena. How are you doing? Morning. Good morning. I'm good. good. Morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for taking time and coming online. So, uh we'll start with the questions, okay? So, can you tell us a bit about your background and what led you to to your current role as executive director of Bay Area Cancer Connections? Sure. Um well, I've uh I I believe I was sort of born with this um this inherent desire to help people. Um my career was actually going in a very different direction. Um I was going down criminal justice and kind of in that legal world and was constantly drawn back to um wanting to help people and make a difference. And yeah. Um for me, it, you know, I I took a break to try to figure out where I was going when I was in college and um decided to try something different and um tried working for a nonprofit that was originally focused on helping um children who were underperforming in terms of literacy and and struggling in school and um I took the job and and fell in love with the work and um and so when I continued on that journey of of being in the nonprofit world um I came across the job at Bay Area Cancer Connections um joined which at that time was actually called Community Breast Health Project and I joined them um 20 almost 21 years ago as a program coordinator and fell in love with the work and and never left um the organization is really focused on helping people um and caring for the whole person not just the diagnosis and um and to me that is that was such meaningful work and it made such a difference that um i've continued to only grow my passion every year that i'm i'm part of the organization 
that's wonderful and that's really beautiful that you had it from a very young time you know so um yeah so tell us what kind of cancer patients approach you and how does it feel to be dealing with uh, cancer especially in the point of view of a patient how do you think they all deal with it so Bayeria Cancer Connections, you know, our mission is to support anyone who is facing breast or ovarian cancer by providing them with tools and services that are meant to really inform and help them feel empowered. Um the work as you said, you know, it's it's difficult. It's it's hard because we know people are facing a very serious illness. Yeah. Um, and not only the person but their family members, you know, it everyone is affected by it. and the the work that we do is so personal and so we form very personal relationships and we're invested in our clients and at times it can be hard because there's you know we're limited in terms of what we can do you know we wish that we had that magic wand where we could wave it and and fix everything but the reality is that we can't but what we know we can do is that we can help make a difference and make that journey easier and so it means yeah. taking our clients you know um by the hand meeting them wherever they are and providing whatever services they need um it's it's about looking at each person individually and knowing their their needs are very individual cancer treatment it isn't one size fits all and neither is cancer support and we know that people need different services they need different kinds of support somewhat emotional somewhat more informational and so the purpose of of our work is to really be there in whatever way that people may need us and wherever they may need us it's it's about helping them navigate in an often confusing world where they have no control and feeling like they're landing on solid ground yeah to so uh tell us some programs and services that BACC provides so our services can be sort of divided into these sort of main categories we offer emotional support those are things like support groups um and we try to um organize our support groups in a way that they're very specific so we have groups for young women we have groups for people who have a specific type of diagnosis um people that are newly diagnosed people that are living with cancer we also offer practical support and that yeah. those are things like our boutique where people can come and get free wigs and prosthetics and hats and bras whatever they may need um during their treatment we also offer financial support so for families who are going through their cancer cancer is um the experience of cancer treatment is very very taxing for families in terms of their their financials you know medic the medical insurance doesn't cover everything and so we try to help alleviate some of those expenses we pay for things like rent for their car payment for the kids to stay in a special program it it all it's all meant to just be helpful um we also have um information education so we have people on staff who can help our clients understand their diagnosis oftentimes they're hearing so much information being thrown at them when they get a diagnosis that it's hard to take it all in we're in shock we you know we don't know what to do with all of this information and so our team helps to distill some very technical information and help the client make decisions or feel like they have enough information to make informed decisions. We have a lending library. We also have health and wellness classes, so we offer things like yoga and pilates, movement classes, we have art classes, we also have special presentations. Um and we have services such as a volunteer who is trained as an attorney who helps clients navigate, you know, the insurance world and how to navigate employment and and disability. So 
we really try to structure our programs according to what our clients are are asking for. Um, you know, the, over the years, we've we are celebrating our 30th anniversary this year, and our programs continue to evolve depending on on the needs of the community. That sounds like you've pretty much covered everything that is needed for a cancer patient, and that I think that's a wonderful job. So um, about cancer, there are numerous misconceptions, and what do you think is the most harmful concept misconception, and how does BACC work to dispel those misconceptions? You know, it's um, that's a good question. I, I think perhaps some of the misconceptions are it's not going to happen to me. Right, I think, or that it's yeah, I've done something wrong, um, and I'm being punished for this. You know, cancer it it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't have a particular person that it a profile that it's it's going to look for. Um, cancer is is a biological occurrence that that happens, and so um, what BACC does is we don't offer medical advice. Right, that's not that's not what we do. Our job is to ensure that people have information and resources and support. And the way that we help educate the community is by providing reliable vetted information and resources. You know, when BACC first started, the internet, you know, wasn't really in existence and people weren't looking for information the way that they can look for things now. So they relied on talking to others and learning from other people and, you know, having access to libraries and books. Our library is one of the most, um, one of the few extensive libraries that's just focused on breast and ovarian cancer. And it is a lending library, so clients can come and check things out. Um, in addition to our classes and, and you know presentations that we offer, the idea is to get information out there to make sure people feel like they they understand their cancer, they understand what's happening, that this isn't a, a punishment or it isn't something that they, they have caused. Um, I think that's probably the biggest misconception is that people feel guilty. They feel like I've done something or, you know, I've been too stressed out or I, you know, didn't eat right. Or um, there's always factors that, you know, we can contribute to being healthy, but there is there's nothing that anyone can do that would cause them to have, have cancer. Oh, thank you so much for actually breaking that misconception. So um, the emotional toll of a cancer diagnosis can be immense for patients, like you mentioned earlier, and even their families. So can you discuss some of the ways that BACC supports individuals' emotional well-being as well? Sure. Well, one of the most important things I wanted to point out, too, is that everything that we provide is free. So clients can use our programs as much as they want. There's no charge. Um, and many of our clients, you know, some people have been with us for many, many years. We have clients who are still joining our programs after 20 years of being, um, you know, out of cancer just because of the, the support that they've got in their survivorship. Um, BACC, like I said, we really try to personalize what we provide according to the person, according to what the client is asking for. And so, you know, emotional support can look look different for for a variety of people um it can look like coming in and talking to a buddy and talking to somebody who has had the same kind of cancer or went through the same kind of treatment and can offer their their story and their experience to help our clients understand what they might expect um, we have a helpline that is answered by volunteer survivors and so we ensure that when anyone calls our office a live person picks up the phone and those those volunteers are trained to to listen are the most important thing that we can do is listen and so what we try to do is help our clients 
navigate, you know, through through a world where oftentimes they don't feel in control, right? They've just been told they have cancer. There's decisions about um, treatment. There's decisions about, you know, surgery, all kinds of things. But those aren't necessarily um, things that they might have control over. They're given options, but they don't necessarily have control. And so what we try to do is help them feel a sense, a semblance of control during a time where it doesn't really exist. It could be with their nutrition. It could be with their exercise and their movement. Um, the the emotional support comes, it's, it's, a, it's a thread that is weaved through everything that we do. We offer comfort totes that are packed with things that are made by volunteers to bring comfort during, you know, during a client's experience with cancer. Um, those are things like pillows for surgery or um, you know, little rice cozies that they can heat up in the microwave if they're having pain, or is it ginger chews that they can have for nausea? I mean, it's, there's so much love and thought put into everything that we do. And I, I think that's that's the most important part of the emotional support is that people feel seen and heard. They come to the center and they often, you can see the, you can physically see sort of the, the sigh of relief of, I've, I found a place that understands what I'm going through and I'm not alone. That is wonderful. So, um, volunteering is an important part again for any nonprofit organization, right? So, what role does it play for your organization, and how can anybody approach for volunteering? Yeah, you're right. I mean, volunteers are for BACC. Volunteers are the heart of this organization. Um, we could not do what we do without our volunteers. They truly are what makes us able to serve so many people. Um, and particularly over the pandemic, we had, I think we had a 62% growth in the number of people that we've been serving. And all of that is possible because of them. Um, our volunteers help in every single way. Like I said, they're buddies, they're on our helpline, they help with fundraising, they help around the office, they help with putting together comfort totes. They're involved in every single aspect of the organization. Um, if someone is ever interested in volunteering, we're always looking for new volunteers. We um, we welcome people to go on our website. There's a volunteer application on there that they can fill out. The manager of volunteer engagement will then reach out to them and talk to them about opportunities and what they're looking for. So we try to ensure that our volunteers, um, you know, enjoy their experience and feel like they're adding value and also feel like they now belong to a, to a special community. Yeah, and I really hope whoever is listening to the radio right now must be interested in volunteering. So, yeah. Um, now, your support groups that you spoke about provide space for individuals to connect with each other who are going through similar experiences, right? Yes. So, can you talk about the benefits of these groups and how they are structured? Sure. I mean, the support groups are, are a great place to hear and learn from each other, right? And I think... Um, you know, the, the support groups, they may not be for everybody. And that is also why we try to offer a variety of different ways of getting support. And for those people that do want to be a part of a support group, um, I think sometimes they're pleasantly surprised. I think when we hear support group, we, we think, oh, you know, we're going to sit in a room and people are just going to kind of talk about what they're going through. But it, it's much more than that. It's It's People form bonds, they form friendships, they find support in each other. Um, and there's a lot of bolstering of, of, of the human spirit in those groups. You know, there's a lot of um, sharing and very vulnerable vulnerability, I think, in terms of being able to talk about what they're facing and what they're, what they're afraid of. And oftentimes they find a really safe space to share those things. 
you know, when when um, our clients are going through treatment, um, many times, you know, they're they're trying to put on a brave face for their family, or they don't want to burden their family members with um, their own fears and concerns because they see, you know, what their diagnosis is, you know, the emotional toll that it's taking, and so they often try to shoulder that, you know, as well. And and in these groups, they can they can op- share freely what they're feeling. They can, you know, hear from other people who have experienced the same things and how they navigated or how they talk to their children, how they, you know, manage their families. Um, there's a lot of practical, emotional, you know, sharing. And not only that, but then these these relationships get get formed and those carry on. And so people start spending time together outside of the groups. Um, we have we have a couple of members who have stopped joining a, a support group because they felt that they were they were ready to move on, but they've they've continued meeting, and this has been going on for for ten years. I mean, these these people um, have formed their own groups. They get together for dinner once a month. They come to some of the programs we have, but it's just amazing to see that they have found support in each other, and that this has helped them move into life after after cancer. Yeah, um, I agree. Like these support groups uh, really make you feel that you're in a safe environment. You can talk anything without the judgment. So I think that's really wonderful. So um, what is the most challenging part of running a cancer-related organization? And can I also assume that rapid advancements in the cancer industry is a little hard to catch? Um, there. Well, I think it's wonderful that there are rapid advancements, but you're right. I think sometimes it's um, we, we do have to make sure we're keeping up with what's changing. And we we do that by having our staff keep up with the latest trends and treatments and um, options that are out there, as well as listening to our clients. We listen to what they're asking for. Um, you know, if they if they come in with, you know, a treatment that's being suggested or, you know, we really learn a lot from from directly from our clients. I think it I think the ch- most challenging part of well you know from the from the uh, administrative side I think the the toughest thing about running any nonprofit right now is fundraising all of us are struggling with fundraising given you know the state of the economy and, and what's happening in our world um, but when you have something that you're passionate about and you have something like the work that we do at BCC it's it's not about asking for money it's about getting people to invest in your passion and being excited and actually living and breathing your mission and getting people to see why you why the work that you do is so important. I think um, in addition to that on the program side, um, what's probably most challenging is, like I said, you know, the bonds that we form with our clients and when we lose someone, um, it, it, uh, we feel it through the entire organization because like I said, we become part of their, their community, their support network. And so, um, losing someone to cancer, I think is, is really difficult. Yeah, true. So, um, like you mentioned, um, collecting donation is a big challenge. So, uh, how can a potential donor reach to donate to you? Oh, they can go on our website, um, which is bayareacancer.org, or they can, you know, they can mail in a donation. Um, we're always so grateful to receive any support. We don't receive any government funding. Most of our funding comes from individuals and foundations and, and corporate support. Um, but the majority is is with with individuals. So we're very grateful to anyone who who provides any kind of support to the organization. 
That is wonderful. So, um, final question, since we are at the end of the interview right now. Um, this is, of course, a very challenging responsibility. So, what gives you the push-up to get every day and help people fight cancer? Uh, you know, well, you know, like I said, I, I think from a very young age, I've, I've, um, I've always felt this, this yeah. desire to make a difference. For me, I think it was growing up with the example of my grandmother. Um, she was always there for anyone in our community, in our neighborhood. People came to her when they needed help, they needed advice. Um, and I was really inspired by her. I was inspired by the fact that she, you know, had so much going on in her own life, taking care of her grandkids and, you know, her children. And, and yet she still found time, always found the time to help others. And she never turned anyone away. And I was inspired by that. I was inspired by the good that she put out in the world. And I, I wanted to carry that on. Um, and then I also, you know, along the way, um, my own mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and, um, and she passed away from breast cancer. And so I felt that that created a deeper commitment and passion to wanting to ensure that anyone who was going through this would have, um, have the support that they need. And so it's, it's, it's in her honor that I continue on with this work and it's, it's really important and it's critical and um, no one should have to go through this experience alone. True. And that's that's really as inspiring that you took inspiration from your grandmother and you continue to do the good work. So, yeah, uh, we are done with the interview and I must thank you for taking out time for us. And this interview has been very insightful and you're a very inspiring person, Rina. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, welcome. So I wish all the luck to your organization and I hope it continues to serve more and more cancer people. Thank you. And if you know of anybody that we can help, we're here. Yeah, sure. There's Tal Radio. It reaches out to so many people. So there must be definitely so many potential donors listening to this right now. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having yeah. me. Have a good day. Thank you. You do. So that was Rina Bello from Bay Area Cancer Connections. And I hope this interview was useful for you. And for more interviews like this, which bring change in the world, stay tuned to Tile Radio, powered by Tasha Life Foundation. This is me, Sankhya, signing off for today. Take care, you all. You have just listened to Tile Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.